Welcome back to the Go Time Podcast for installment number three with none other than Eddie Hinton. Um, this one has got some really cool elements to it. Actually, we talk a lot of horses and, um, and actually I share quite a bit on what it's like to um, pick one. What do I look for in one? Um, and then equate that to what it's like having a competitor or um, what it's like as far as well the things that are involved with uh, being a horse trainer and also um, related some to my kids and a little bit more of uh, everything else um, with the competition. Um, I, I, uh, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, it's, it's awfully long and I'm glad that I did cut it up into four. Um, so this is installment number three. Enjoy. Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. My son Matthew was out there and and there was we were just talking he does some sports camps this year mm-hmm. and stuff and and uh and he's quite the kid. But he um had an instance this year he's going to start playing trying to play football right and they had a little camp and um he doesn't know which end he's going to do right or whatever right. and they had track also mm. so he's right. in track and he actually did pretty good in the uh shot put oh really um, yeah he actually yeah. for the for the look for their yeah, state age. deal like he had the the longest shot put for oh fantastic kids. yeah so it was really kind of fun for him on that i really kind of i think he's actually pretty good at that part um, and, but athletics is he just, it's a place for him to learn so much. Right. And he is, um, on the track team, he had to run this, um, but they all had all these, you know, runs and stuff. And there was this one part where they were doing, um, they had two groups, mm-hmm. the fast group and they had this, right. the slower group. Right. And they had to run, I think it was a, a lap. So they'd run one lap and then right. you got like, I think it was like a minute break and then you run a lap again mm-hmm. right so it was just break but they started the one the minute break mm-hmm. when the first guy came across the line right so the last guy had the shortest break and the mm-hmm. further and further behind you fell the longer right. the shorter your break got right mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i think it was it may have been um like uh uh eight laps so it was like two miles or mm-hmm. whatever so it was, it was right. pretty grueling and um the coach called me up uh, me and my wife up and wanted to tell us what had happened the day. And he had gotten the, they gave him an award that day for, um, I can't remember, it was the most determination or something like that or whatever mm-hmm. was inspired for the day or whatever. But he told me that um, he asked to be on the fast group, wow. right? And so, um, but I don't think he really quite knew <laughs> what he was asking for, right? And he said um, that uh, after like the, fourth lap or so um he told the coach he's like man i 
I think I picked the wrong group. And, you know, I, I think I should have been back in the other group because he was the last guy coming across, right. right? And he was the shortest break and it was starting to really kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and the coach said, you know, well, you know, you can, you can, if you want, you can drop back to the second group, you know, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And he said, then, you know, pow, go again. And he takes off in the first group again. And, mm-hmm. and he said that um, he kept, you know, he kept going. He was expecting him to drop back in the second group and, right. he, and he never did. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said the last one, they come across the finish line, the last one, they, and he said, you know, they you know all run off to the field and collapsing and whatever else. And, he said he looked over and um, Matthew was over there crying. And he's like, you know, because he had like used everything in himself, right? It just, right. you know, like breaking down, like it had just got him, right? <clears throat> and he said, and like, this is where the coach is so important, right? Sure. That that coach stepped over to him and went, man, like you're, you know, he's the last kid coming in the most you know, like that's where you become, that's what makes you, that's what molds you. It's not only that, you know, it's the fastest one or it's the best athlete or whatever, but he learned through that adversity where it broke him. He had the opportunity to grow in determination to realize he could, to know that he could push him Mm -hmm. himself past where he thought he could, right? That's where these, that's where we grow. That right. this whole idea that everybody gets a trophy, like yeah. that, that's the biggest trophy that that kid got. What that whole summer was that he made it through that track's not necessarily mm-hmm. his big deal. That's not his, you know, mm-hmm. big gift, right? right? But man, that kid to do that, like that was worth every bit of every part of his summer. I think sports, and I guess I can testify to me. It should teach you a lot about your mind and your body and how it works. Okay. And how do you maintain it? Yes. Both parts. See, most people are really, I thought when I got out of ball, I thought everybody understood fitness of the mind. And I was shocked. Um, and and even in conditioning is as we work these animals. Uh, they're athletes also, mm-hmm. and you got to keep them fit and you got to keep them alert. And I, it, it dumbfounded, I'm still dumbfounded in seeing how people don't even see that. Oh. And it's so obvious and every day. You, and how you mold the mind of that it, one too. It, and why you don't do that for you. That's exactly, I mean, you more yeah. than like, most people more than likely take their animal to the vet and take themselves to Take oh. care, or and, and take care of them. Yeah, that's so true. That is. Yes, yeah, I, I have, I can do that to myself too. You know, um, uh, the that I think is one of the parts that is probably the one of the more difficult parts of training horses, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, and it can be really rewarding if you understand what you're doing. Where I've had ones that. Um, were good athletes. Right. Right. And I, and, but it was almost, but they weren't the great. Right. Right. But there was a huge accomplishment in putting them in the environment that they were going to excel in. Right. Fine. And that so not putting them where they were going to be not excelling in, That's but it. taking and putting them in the group that That's they were true. going to excel yeah. in. And then being able to get 
like in in the showing of the reigning horses, we score seventy is denotes a, an average run, right? right. And seventy two is a pretty pretty good run, right? Oh, okay. Seventy four is like really up there, really good. If you get a seventy five or seventy six, you're like top of the wow, top of the heap, right? Those are like really great runs hmm. and they have to have a lot of talent to be able to do that right and and then be able to do that in repetitive nature like hmm. then that's even holding that together because you're going to hold the brain together in order to accomplish that oh more than just once right so but what i found later on after i had kind of you know i'd won some futurities and stuff and whatever but then i found i didn't have like the talented horse that had that ability. Right. Just didn't have it in the barn. You know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Now, let me ask you this. Look like, is it Flaherty? Is that his name? Flaherty, yeah, Sean. Flaherty. He has all these magnificent looking horses. Mm -hmm. Is he breeding them or? No, so. Because, uh, you know, they got the long mane all the time, look like. And yeah, everything's already all. Yeah, I mean, is that. Yeah, so. There's a roper that way. Mm -hmm. that uh, looked like he always got great looking horses. Uh, well, so here's the crazy part about that. So what I was going to say on the other, right, was that I found the joy in taking a horse that had the ability to score 72 mm -hmm. and score 72, right? To take him to his limit and yeah. to his greatest ability, that's as big of an accomplishment as oh, okay. taking one that is a 76 and showing him to a 74. Right? Wow. Well, that you could get everything out. So there's so, so there's some great rewards. Yeah, in right. That, right. But when you're going through that and you start to, uh, like I told you before, when I was looking for one of those, my great horses for mm -hmm. my clients that, you know, their prices were like six figures. And right. my, the deal with it was like, I had to come back and talk to my client and say like, look, I'm game. I'm all game. I want to do this, whatever else. But when they price it at a hundred thousand dollars, like, I've never ridden a horse that right. was 100,000. So I don't have a point of reference, right? Right. Well, once you do mm. have that point of reference, the thing about being a horse trainer that's probably the most difficult part to be a well-rounded horse trainer, right? Is that um, you have to be the whole team. Yeah. You can have, if you were playing football, you would have a guy, you would have the 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 suits that handle the marketing and the advertising, the selling jerseys and making the big deal right. or whatever. Then you have the guy who is a quarterback and he can be just single-mindedly great at being quarterback. Mm. He didn't have to worry about finances or whatever else. Right. His deal is I want to be the great. Right. right. And then you can have your linemen that they just like right. eat like a fiend and get as big as I possibly can, as strong as I possibly can and know my, know my deal. Right. And we can be individuals that's true on that team right. right and then you have a coach who has to be able to take and create the team sometimes it's not the best player in the world right. that you need for your team you need ones that play together and and so yep. he knows how to pick his competitors right right and put the team together because just because he gets the greatest running back ever doesn't mean that if he doesn't have a line okay. it doesn't matter that's right true. so it's better to have like the you know third greatest running back and you can make him the greatest running back by having mm. the greatest line. Right. Right. So you have all these parts to a, having a business that's run like that. When you become a horse trainer, you do the advertising, 
you do the finances. Right. You are the coach. Mm-hmm. I coach the the non-pros. I'm also the scout. I have to go find that wow. stuff, right? So it's such a, a uh, to be at that level, right? You have to have a personality. Yeah. If you ever meet any of most of these guys, and now we're talking about Sean, but Sean is one of the most infectious smiles. Mm. Yes. Like you talk to him and he's just, He's smiling and laughing about, you know, just whatever he's at. You look at him, he's like, he's having a great time having a life, right? He just has that kind of infectious personality. But he also shows up in in a gracious about what he does. But he's also, you know, between him and his wife, he knows what great talent is. Mm, So now not only is he the trainer, but he's also the coach. He's got to work the mental game on that horse to get the best of mm. it. And he's got to scout them. He's got to run out and he's got to run and find them. Then he's got to have the personality and get the finances. So he's got to have somebody else that's backing the finance mm. in order to get that done. Bind them right so that they're right side up and that you get enough of them. Knowing the lineage well enough to know what mm. I put my money into on a prospect. Nowadays, it's gotten to the point where the young trainers that they have a really good one before... There was enough in it and everything else that, you know, you go, if I had, if I'm that good, I know what I'm doing, whatever else I could run over. And I had the, the bank behind me mm-hmm. as far as a client that had the money to be able to go do it and go over to yours. And if you want to win and you're really big and you're doing really good and whatever else, mm-hmm. I walk over to your place and go, I give you a hundred thousand dollars for that horse. Your client sitting over there going, well, I could change my life right now. Right. I could, that would pay my house off. Right. You know, I, I, I could win the futurity and maybe mm-hmm. win 125000 But you know what? If I sell this thing for a hundred right now, I did win the futurity. Damn right. right? Okay, and I see. So, so they can snatch them from you. Mm. So now you can't hold on to them. Wow. Right? Because you now they can, if they have the bank behind them, they can do that with you. Now... Young guys are kind of smart. They start getting the good enough ones. Hmm. They ain't turning loose of them. Damn. They're not turning loose of them because they know what they've got to have, right? So they're starting to realize that now the prices are going up because now you got to pay me to take it. Hmm. And now it's gotten... And then this year, they just went from their guaranteed first place was before, I think it was like 150000 dollars First place this year pays out $350,000. Oh, my word. It's the highest purse or highest money we're earning, you know, in any event now. Wow. Pays more than any of them. And second place is like, I think second place is somewhere around 300, 200. Get out. Like, yeah. No, maybe it's like 150 or something like that. It's 150. But then third place is 100. I mean, it's like, it's pinging back. Yeah. Far, right. Those 30 places are making, you know. You're now, how many shows do you have to go to? To be played to show in, in the world. You pay your entry, you go to that show. Oh, really? Anybody can go to that show. It's a three-year-old horse show. Wow. It is. You're running. It's the end of the year. You can show it a couple other futurities if you want. You kind of need to to kind of get your horse like seasoned and ready. As yeah, best you as have you to. And it's two goes. And the hmm. best average of the top 30 average of the two goes goes to the finals. And the t- finals is top 30. And one of them takes it home. So do you... You don't film yourself out here. You just know what you want. I don't. I don't. I I don't film myself. 
Um, I probably should do a little bit more filming of myself. Um, it's probably one of the harder, it's, it's, it's kind of an odd group because, um, I have to rely on my, my competitors Oh, okay. to kind of, uh, hmm. you know, so I go on and, and I go and ride with other guys Oh, okay. And, and, you know, and I have to, they have to be, I hope I'm riding with somebody honest enough to tell me that I'm heading in the right direction with it or what I okay. need. But it's amazing how much all the different trainers are willing to help each other. Oh, wow. I like I, the guy I'm showing against that I'm going to be going and running against the maturity. Those are the same guys that I'm riding with to get help. Wow. And, um, and That's the, amazing. it really is. It's really a tight group. And we all, oddly enough, we all really do root for each other on it. Hmm. You know, within our, within, yeah, right, between right. all of us. Now, clients may not, whatever else, because there's you know, high stakes or whatever right. else. And the pressure's high and whatever, but, um, but it really is, it really has been over my experience in my years in the industry. Um, mm. and you know, I haven't been had fraternity horse in several years and stuff, which is, you know, but I don't think the name has changed that much. You know, I'm actually looking right. forward. I'm actually looking no, no, forward to, to going because, um, I get to go and show with my friends again. It's really, is. it's almost like a family. We, you know, especially the horse people I know. Mm-hmm. You may miss some, but you miss connecting with them, even this once a month or once every yeah. two weeks. It's like we had, we used to do a lot of round robin up there in Go Wait on the weekend. I look forward to it. And of course, they've now canceled it. Now I got to look for, and I start calling around to my friends up there near uh, Weatherford and all that. And they say, well, they got to show up here next Sunday. Maybe you can come up there. Well, I'm going to be up in that area. I'll be up in. And uh, Glen Rose, so I'll just drive on over and <clears throat> bring animals. So, yeah, you kind of you do really do. It's, yeah, it, you do. My my uh, friend, my uh, Matthew, when he was little, we would uh, you know he's running all the horse shows with us, mm-hmm. and I remember being four, you know, and 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 him at the show, and he was talking about you know one of the little girls that was at the show, you know, Madison, mm-hmm. and he and uh, and. And I remember asking him one day because they live out in Florida, hmm. you know, so they're like close to us, right? Right. And uh, I remember asking him one time, it's like, where do you think the Madison lives? And he goes, at the horse show. Oh, he just no. That's where she lived at. Yeah. When we go to the horse yeah, show, yeah, we yeah, go see yeah, her. See she her lives at the horse show there. I really like, you can tell a lot about his disposition, about little things. He said, just like now. Right. He said, oh, I didn't catch your name, sir. He's in tune what's on around him and he's not afraid to learn or to know, yeah. which is really important. It's important when I meet people, like I can instinctively, you got to pick up things. I read people's body mm-hmm. language because mine is out of survival. I had to do that, you know, all the time. And it's amazing how it happens when I meet people like this. And like I was sharing with you about those kids when I was driving mm-hmm. the bus, I got to figure out who the bully is real quick. So, I can have a smooth ride. Yeah. He, um, his confidence really kind of, it shocks me at times. Does it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, he is, he really is a confident kid. You can see that. Yeah. I mean, even when he's explaining about the sports deal and like you say, he didn't have, he said, well, no, I hadn't had much experience in football, but I'm going to learn this year in six months. I'm like, wow. How old is he? He's 14. 14. Yeah. He's 14 and he's, um, he has always been really, really confident. Right. And not because, you know, he, he had to, 
because he's um, the best on the team or the whatever that's giving the help. He just he has it in him. Would you say it's exposure that you've given you and your wife have given to him? Yeah, I think I think part of that is that like he's never. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it is or if it's just kind of automatically came to him. But, you know, growing up at horse shows on the road and stuff. And I was like this, too. Um, I've never been anywhere where I didn't think I didn't belong right. or I shouldn't be here. Or I was never, you know, I right. I could walk into a room full of suits and I never have felt like I'm less Same than here. someone else. Right. Same. I've never. uh I've never allowed someone else to tell me who I was. Yes, that's right? exactly right. I never have. I never have allowed, and 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 it it does. You do that, you give someone else power. You do your you decisions have to... and what you do, and but no, I no, I, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But you have to know oneself. Yeah, and y'all have instilled that within him. Mm -hmm. That has to be really a part because my mother showed that me growing up. Mm -hmm. She didn't have any fear at all, anything. So I used to watch her all the time. And I'm like, wow. So mom, tell me a little bit about business. How do you know how much money you make? I remember asking that. And you leave it, the business, sometime over to that wino. Flap. <laughs> she said, see those pints of whiskey there? And I said, yes, ma'am. They cost me two fifty. I'll sell it for five fifty. So what's the difference? And if I give Flap $20 for change and he sells three of those bottles, how much you think that's what I have? I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> and one time she called me up in Houston. She said, uh, there's a guy down, uh, Eddie Gerald, loan him the 100 bucks and I'll pay you $150 uh, next week. Mom, that's too much interest. You know, if he wants it, he'll get it. He got to pay me. I'm like, okay. I mean, I mean, I just imagine having sixth grade age, but she had a little bit of business sense, and I just kind of went with that. I'm like, all right. But that came from her. Yeah. My, a lot of my sense and intuitive instincts is being your own man because she was her own woman. Mm-hmm. And people to respected her so much. I'm up in Baltimore at a concert, and BB King is playing, and somebody must have told him that I was from Lawton, Oklahoma, and he announces at his halftime, "We got Eddie Hinton here from Lawton, Oklahoma's mama named Big Gerald Dave." I said, "Oh my God!" <laughs> I mean, it was so weird. And then uh, several years ago, I was at a barbershop in Oklahoma City, and I had my Super Bowl ring on, getting my hair cut, and the guy said, asked me about the ring, and I told him a little bit. He said, you know, that was a ball player down there in law, and mama named Geraldine. Uh, he played professional football. I'm like, oh, my God, my mama, you knew my <laughs> No, she, she was something else. And had no fear of going any place, not on adults. You know, sometimes in certain neighborhoods you can go into and, and you got rough kids don't like you in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Never had that fear. Everybody feared my mother for some strange reason. I just went different places. That's it. Yeah. And I always felt that wherever I am, 
what is it I'm supposed to learn here? What I mean, I end up in a lot of little small towns and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, dang, what am I supposed to learn here? Okay, let's wait for the experience. Yeah, I I've never been. I never have had that. I've never mm-hmm. have felt like I was um, like I couldn't handle a situation or that um, I never looked at anybody in a way that um, I should fear it. <laughs> I remember one time. I went to the San Antonio Stock Show Rodeo, mm-hmm. and um, I was showing horses. I was pretty, pretty, pretty young, and new, and 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 where I was at, and whatever else. I you know was heading on my way and stuff. And I run down and set you know uh, set my horses up for the stock show and stuff. Right. And I was getting ready to head back home, and I pulled out and I took a right on Houston Street instead of taking a left to get right. to ten right. And that's a different neighborhood. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, a, it is. I a, know. It's a different neighborhood for skinny white. Yeah, okay. But you're hauling. I, 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 so I just my truck. Oh, I had okay. already dropped the trailer okay. and everything. And man, I needed a haircut, something on. Hmm. Right. And I saw a barbershop right. deal, right? I pulled in, pulled okay. in, walked in, sat down, and asked the lady if she could, you know, cut my hair. And she looked at me like I was from a. Oh, my word. And um, and she says, "Yeah, have a seat." And I, so I went up, and I sat down, and I and that's when I kind of hit me that, hey, oh no, hey, hey, nobody like me in here at all, right? And I sat down in that chair, and um, and she had obviously never cut a white man's hair. Before, oh my god! Right? And I had, um, you know when um. Um. Oh, what's his name? Um, the guy that was on the movie Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, oh God, whatever his name is. Yeah, I know you're talking. You know about. that chili bowl, crazy looking. Yes. Guy where he had the outline. I walked out of there with that haircut. Get out of here! No, because she, because you know, bold. You, yeah, so you cut you when you go get your hair cut short. Like you bo- run a border around. Yeah, that's board. true. Well, yeah. You don't do that on a white guy. Oh, I didn't know that. No, no. And oh, <laughs> so that's, that's what it looks like. It oh, looks God. Like, like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah. On Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Well, I walked out of there with that haircut oh, where it was tripped up. And she looked at me and she goes, Well, what do you think? And I was like, That's pretty good. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'm not going to complain about oh, that. No. But it was one of those experiences that it was like, Man, you know, I felt it was awkward. It was weird. It was whatever. But uh, I never felt like, you know, I, she wasn't doing anything. No, this is where she did it. Yeah. But you know that, that I, uh, you that know. Wor- and, I was the worst haircut. Oh, my God. I, I look at, uh, for like I said earlier, mm-hmm. I look for kind of adversity. And if I felt people didn't feel, if they had enough nerves to approach me in a negative way, my first thought is, why do they fear me? Mm-hmm. When I was in Baltimore, I was interracially married, and my wife and I went to a Southern ball party we was invited to, right? <laughs> Baltimore, right? So I got in this bow town, and she's walking around with blue, blonde hair and blue eyes and, and talking to people, and I'm just standing there, and the guy said, sir, uh, I like to have a gin and tonic, and, and I said, I'm not working tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm off I'm just kind of standing around looking at y'all that's all I said I'm just not working that and so you have things like and you're like it ain't about me it's what he thought that 
I guess I looked like maybe a warrior, but I didn't feel like one that night. So you just play things off. Is yeah. sometimes people's perception, or you can also look at some people's ignorance. They just don't know any better. And I have to make up my mind when I meet people. Do I educate them about what I see in my life, or do I just let them stay the same? I I make that decision. They don't make that for me. No. But an idiot, I got a radar mm-hmm. system around me. It's like a horses can smell danger or fear. I can do it too. I just get out of its way because ain't no such wasting your time. Oh. Just get out of the way. And ignorance and comes in all colors. Exactly. It, it don't just does. exactly. And I, I mean, I'm telling. You, I go to. I used to go to barber shop, black barber shop in Fort in San Antonio. And the youth, they speak a whole language. I'm sitting there trying to understand what the hell they're saying. And they're laughing and joking. You know what I mean? And they use a whole different language. I don't even sound think, am I losing it or am I losing my hearing? I don't, can't relate. I don't. That's just, okay. So you yeah. just let it go. Yeah, you have to. You do. You can't take it personal. No. Well, I think um, if you go to, to take it personal... You know, I, and I, it, it does nothing but you're you're letting someone else control control you. That's you're, it. You're letting someone else tell you who you are or what your abilities are and what that is. Well, they're putting off their fears within yeah, you, and and I don't live, I don't make decision fearfully. Uh, I make logical decision for me. Does that work for me? If it don't, if I have a player. If he says anything negative, he's saying about my family. Because at that level in professional sports, all the guys are great athletes is who's thinking the quickest mm. at that moment in time. And if they can find any weakness, because they can study films and watch you, even if you put your hands down wrong, if you lean to the right or to the left, if you sit back on your heels, that's how scientific it is. Because we are creatures of nature. Mm. I mean... If you do, and you just, you always looking. So I'm always trying to look in that person's eyes that I'm facing. What do they see in me? And at the same time, if they see something I don't like, I got to correct that because I'm looking at him the same way. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get the over there? So everything going to happen in a split second. I got to make that decision. And you can't make too many bad decisions. <laughs> you yeah. don't play. Yeah. That's all it was. And it's amazing how when you get out of sport, I had to calm down, turn that down because in our society, I rate things by knowing 95% of the people don't think at that level physically and mentally as I do. So Mm -hmm. I know I have to deal with that. No, majority don't. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's true, you know, and, and I think, one of the other things that's very helpful is whenever you do meet those who are thinking, yeah, you know, maybe not at that speed or at that level, but um, like the first time I met you mm-hmm. and I put you on that horse. Yes. Right. <laughs> that was, it's probably one of the harder things about our, our sport and with the horses and yeah. the reining is that it's such a different level of horsemanship. It is. And it's, it's such a different feel, right. Mm. That, um, Everybody has an idea of what they think is going on and whatever else, but it's 
I, I have sold more horses from sticking somebody on it and letting them spin one time. They're like, oh, oh I know. That, oh, my God. When that horse just says, Duh, he does it, you know, like, oh, I've never, I will buy that right there. I want one that just exactly. it feels like that. Yeah, yeah, it feels crazy, right? But um, if I don't, um, if I don't educate or inform someone of what that feel is, they would know, never know where right. where it came from, or whether it even existed, right? And there's such a gap in understanding that they just few people, so few people get an opportunity to get on something like that. That's true. And that whenever they do get on something like that, and they have no idea that it was even existed before, or they had felt the resistance on another horse or whatever else, it's mind boggling when they when they you can see it. The fascinating thing I had is when I got first time I ever got on a cutting horse. I couldn't imagine a horse moving as quick as a cat. Like a, I had no concept, never seen it before. Right. I was up in Oklahoma. And that's when I was invited to a celebrity rodeo with Ben Johnson back then. The night before on a Friday night, they have celebrities coming in and they have a little party. And at that time, I didn't understand, as I explained to you earlier, what you could do with the horse. But I knew that if you had a horse, you should have a cowboy buckle. You yeah. have to have a buckle. That's all that was in my mind. Have to have a buckle. And a friend of mine had bought me one for my birthday. And I said, Clifford, it ain't the same, man. Got, but I didn't know about how you wear a buckle with a horse. Right. So a young lady and so a girlfriend of mine, we were sitting at this party. And I'm thinking that they asked me to come up in this rodeo just to wave, do like the grand entry and at the fans, they say ex football player, coach. That's all I know. Yeah. So we sit around and we send old newly that played in Gunsmoke. He was there and several other cowboys and people I've seen on TV. And across the way, there was this young lady, a little starlet, pretty girl named Sally somebody. And so she would appear, you could tell. And I'm kind of goofing off on her. I'm telling my girlfriend, I said, the COS, little starlet, probably never done anything in her life on her own. Got to have a parents with her. At that moment, it looked like she just gets up and starts walking towards me. And she said, hi, my name's Sally. Somebody else said, how you doing, Miss Sally? She said, are you one of the competitors in the rodeo? I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, well, we couldn't, the celebrities they compete against you. They're cutting and roping, and I'm I'm cutting, and I'm gonna win, and I just need to meet my competition. Win what? Didn't you see those guest buckles out there? At the, and the entry at registers desk, they're hundred, they're fifteen hundred dollar buckles that they make for these celebrities. <laughs> Buckle? Oh my God, my my. That's <laughs> all so I went into. So of course, I had a little male show in this. After I saw the buckle come back, so well, I'm winning this cutting. She said, well, I don't know who you are and just want to let you know that I'm winning first. She coming in second. Oh, she was real brash. <laughs> and my girlfriend jumps up and said, look, I've got many men that's beat idiot anything and you certainly not going to beat him. Cut. She said, I don't care who in the hell he is and walks off. And of course, my girlfriend called her name of Duke. And I said, Brenda, I need to share something with you. What's that? I don't know what cutting is, but I wasn't going to let that girl tell me. She said, but you just said it. Brenda, I'm trainable. Those celebrities are going to get out there at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to get out there at 6, and somebody going to teach me how to ride a horse, a cutting horse. I'm trainable. I go, and, oh, uh, what's his name? God, my, he passed away. He was a coach at 
in Houston with the cowboy hat. Bum Phillips. Oh, yeah. Bum Phillips' wife was a cutting horse trainer named Debbie Warrell back in the day. She's there with Chuck Drummond. Do you know Chuck Drummond? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chuck Drummond, big cattle man, all of Pahuska on that whole top region of Oklahoma. Cattle, run 11,000 head of cattle, third generation. Anyway, they there. So I get there the morning saying, uh, last night, ma'am, uh, I kind of shut off the mouth a little bit. I need to learn how to ride a cutting horse. Got two hours. Of course, she looks at me like, what? I'm trainable. So she said, say a horse got up over this now. Go get on it. Now, you understand? I don't know the concept of cutting it. She said, now, see all these cows out here? We're going to move all those other cows out there. You just focus in on that one out there in front. You take your right hand. You push against that horn. You hold that left hand, that rein up high. Until that one cow there and you drop the rein, let the horse do the work. I'm thinking, push against this horn makes no sense to me. For what? <laughs> Grab it. I'm thinking, soon I drop that rein, that horse cuts, that cow cuts to the right. This horse drops down and cuts to the right, pivots, cuts to the right. I'm still looking forward, and I grab her, hold the horn, pulls myself up, and I swear I tore something back in my behind. And she said, Eddie, if you don't sit deep in that saddle, you're going to be singing soprano in the tabernacle choir. Let the horse do the work. I'm like, oh, God, I ain't never been on a horse like that. <laughs> now, of course, the young lady did win. I maybe I think it's about five or six of us riders. I may have come in fifth or sixth. I'm not sure, but I was so embarrassed that they kept inviting me, and I couldn't afford to keep going. And 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 every time I see this young lady, she had a mouth on. I would avoid her. I said, I can't, I can't keep counting this thing. So I need to find out who's the best cutting horse trainer at that time that I can go see. It was Dick Gaines out there in Barrage, Texas. You mm-hmm. know, son. And I call him up and. Not too far from Lawton, now going. He knew about me, and I said, "Mr. Gangs, I said, um, this situation on me, and how much it cost me to come spend a week with you, teach me how to ride a cutting horse." No, Eddie, just come on out. Got up every morning in the saddle at six to six, and he he had those doctoral horses that you had to lope for an hour or two <laughs> to get them warm. I mean, I'm like, oh my god! But anyway, <clears throat> as you know, the cutting horse people got a style about them. By before they go in the herd. Check the horse, back him up. They usually come in with one hand on, on the hip, rein up high on the right, walking through the herd, looking. The next year I came back that way. When I set the horse down, let the horse work the cow, people start saying, good God, in, you didn't know one end of the horse from the other last year. How'd you ride, ride like a pro? To this day, I've never told them the truth. I said, well, I went and got me a video on uh, Matlock Rose, ma'am, and, and 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 Buster Wide and those guys. And, you know, in my living room, I got a rocking chair, and I started just moving because we supposed to have rhythm. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I said, with it. But, I mean, it was just amazing to learn. You had to learn how to read the cows then, you know, yeah. and let that horse work. I mean, it was just the, the great animals. Oh my God! The it way really is crazy the um, the difference between a cutter and a rainer. It is. It's um, I always ex- I try to explain it as like um, the 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 cutter is more of like the, the uh, bird dog. You know yes. they 
you train it, but you train it off of the, you know, in the bred way of doing something mm -hmm. that that horse innately, you know, that's the greats ones are the ones that are, have an innate, innate system of deal in them that is just. But the, your horse, what you train is more of a round, round, I would say a round, a round what's called athlete. Uh, he's got the, he got the lope he's got to run he's got to slide uh, he's got to pivot and he can't read against ahead of it he's got to exactly what him to do. that's well-rounded athlete i guess so, so i always say that the, the reining horse is a lot more of like a trials border collie yeah that you know everything is told what to do and yeah. he's got a job and he's really intent on wanting to do his job and he has a yeah. desire to do it right but he's listening for you to tell him what to do yeah and um and that's where the that's where the differences come in on the rain and pour spray. And so it's sometimes difficult to come with a, a one that is hardline bred cutter. You can have the athleticism, but sometimes the ability to let go and let you have it and be able to work that it just, the mind doesn't allow them to do it. They're That's just true. not that kind of athlete. That's right? Right. And the same with the border collie that can it go and, and track a bird. Yeah. But it's just not in him to be good at it, right? It's not his want and desire to take it upon himself to, you know, because you leave a border collie, even a border collie wants to work cattle, right? You wreck cattle yeah, or sheep. Yeah, and yeah. if you turn them loose out there, they're just going to run them till they're dead. Instinctively, right? like, yes. Yeah, he's just, you can't, can't, you know, you don't tell him what to do. He's just going to do what he thinks and yes. what he thinks is going to run them until they're dead, yeah. right? Until or until he passes out That's from right. doing it. So they just like, it's in them, but it's, they, it needs to be under control and exactly. told what to do. And, and uh but there is that difference in between the two it is and it is a crazy feeling when you get on a horse that has enough knowledge and understanding to be held accountable i think that's one of the hardest things for people to understand on what we're doing with a reining horse mm. and with a cutting horse right yeah is not only teaching one what to do but then there's another level of competition another level of understanding on the horse that now i'm teaching him how to be held accountable for what Sorry. he's doing that's how I have, it's what I have to do in order to get them on a loose rein. Yeah. Right. I can't put them on a loose rein and say, you know, like first circles, you know, just with lope yeah. the circle. I lope a circle. Once I put them on the circle, I put my hand down. It's like you stay there until I tell you to go do otherwise. Right. right. But that there's a level of not just teaching them to be 100%. But now, wait, do you change your, tweak your seating to slow them down mm -hmm. or? Yes, yeah, what I thought. Yeah, so I mean, there's several different ways, like taking off an inside leg, yes. and humming, and mm. and the humming part right. is is really mostly for the rider because um, if you hum, it's hard to be tense, wow. right? So you need to relax and, and right. your your whole body's got to relax and drop mm, and take your leg off, so it's extra to kind of like make it now. Um, but um, hmm. but we get the non pro to hum. You come in, sit down, and hum. Mm. Well, you don't. You sit down and you're tight. They're still yes. going fast. Right? <laughs> if you sit down and go, hmm, like yes, it's hard relax. for you to stay stiff and rigid. That's a good point. Yeah. So, so we use different. That's about the extent that and the word "whoa" are really mm. the extent of the verbal cues that we use. But, um, but yeah. So it's it, and to do that on loose rein, you have to teach accountability, right? Yeah. And, and you can't teach accountability without being on a loose rank. That's, right. that's the hard part, right? Just put mm. your hand down. So my biggest hardest part for most non-pros is to be able to right. put your hand down. Um and then rely on on, on your life. You find very few men, men do training, but for you to train a man, they want to grab him all the time, won't they? 
than a woman. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the difference in that? Um, oh, it's a little bit There's of both. They're both about getting me by. Yeah, the guy is usually because he's trying to control things. Exactly. And and um and the girl is usually because of fear. Yeah. You know, and and not wanting to let them do it to the full potential kind of deal. Um, mm. But but like everything else, they become more, and that's the long road of showing, right? Yeah. Is to become better at the reigning, it takes confidence through knowledge it takes it yeah and it takes a lot of time yeah (laughs) and being able to get it done in the show pen um and while they're learning it the horse has got to be held accountable to you know Mm. not just you know stop doing it or kind of get away with certain Mm. stuff because no matter what you do everybody trains yeah maybe training them what not to do right (laughs) you know but you're training and um and i we always joke that you know like most non-pros are a lot better trainers than most of the trainers because it takes me, you know, two years to train a reining horse to do all that stuff. Really? Yeah. From the first ride to the first maturity, it's, wow. you know, you're usually about two years in um, to get proficient. And that's a good one. That's mm. a good one. It's a, one that's learning fast and is really athletic. Um, but uh, now, it can you tell years, most... but it takes a non-pro about five minutes to screw them up. <laughs> <laughs> do you, like can that. you tell a lot of time I'm sure that's what you do when you're searching about a confirmation or do you go by the breeding of a horse oh, uh, well so definitely confirmation tells me a lot right Right. but it tells me a lot as a trainer um, you know what my job is going to what, what's if it's going to you don't be break easier, them huh? you don't break them you always they got at least a foundation on them before you get them uh, no I, I oh, broke them for a long time and did the whole deal, right? Okay. Um, but then I also, you know, like I've got a couple places I can send them to get them started. Okay. It just takes a little more time on those young That's ones. To, you know, more time in the saddle, so I just don't, I can ride more and, you know, have a little bit, you know, make a little bit more money by yeah. having, riding the shorter rides on them in training. Mm. But they, um, like a throat latch on a horse that has a really nice, clean throat latch that we look for in mm. the, the, the uh, in the quintessential quarter horse, right? Yeah. So why throat latch? Why why a three clean throat latch? Why not having a bulky throat latch? You know, why is that a big deal? Is that just you know you like that or you don't like that or that's for mm. halter or whatever else? Well, that's part of confirmation, right? And the reason why it's important is because if I have a thick cro- throat latch, it doesn't mean that the horse can't do any of these things, right? Mm. It can still do it. The problem is is that I'm gonna have to as a trainer. I'm going to have to work harder to get that because it can be uncomfortable exactly. for him to be overbridled or to be get breaking at the pole better and doing those things. Those things, that's going to be a more difficult because it's it, that part of his neck is going to inhibit the rest of his breathing or whatever else, right? Bobby it's Lewis like, always had horses look the same. They uh-huh. breed it, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, and they will. Like a, a, a lot of guys... A lot of guys know they work well with a certain type of horse, right? Okay. Right, and so they they breed for that kind of deal. Okay. But it's, and athleticism's there, everything else. But confirmation wise, when I'm looking at confirmation, I'm really looking at how is that. It doesn't mean I can't do it, right? Right, but it just means my training method may have to accommodate for certain mm. things, right? And, and it also tells me that there's a better chance with a better confirmation that it's going to be a better stopper than the average stopper. Makes sense, yeah. Um, so it doesn't, it's not a, that's not going to work. But if you're looking at picking the best ever, you want to be, have the really top deal, then the more, the more positives you have, whether it's confirmation, 
mental mm-hmm. attitude than breeding and 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 trainability on all of the other offspring. I mean, because when you're looking at at breeding and the uh, what's desirable in that, um, having a a show record on its lineage yeah. is not just because it's out of dog bar. Well, I mean, like majority of them are out of That's dog true. bar at some point, right? Um, but if I look back and it's dog bar and everybody everybody in between his dog bar and and his sire were all performers. I look at the, so it's the good, all you know, the good yeah. ones, right? So that that makes a bigger difference. Dog bar, curl, so, freckles, all of them. Yeah, yeah, and so and the same thing on the bottom side. If it fills in on the solid on the mares on web, then then the price goes up, right? Mm. Then the confirmation matches what the bloodline say, right? Then the price goes up. Then you have a little more chrome and look and flash. The price goes up. Wow. So all those things. The more and more Damn. I have together, the higher the price becomes because mm. I'm kind of hedging my bets, right? As a trainer, yeah. I'm looking at it and going, okay, so like everything's lining up and everything that I keep doing with this one is showing that, that you know exactly. it's more and more and more and more. And she's produced now, mm. if, if you're looking at that, but then you look at it and you go, wow, now she's got a couple of offspring mm. that are full brothers and sisters to this one that did it really big. Well, now we're getting even closer, right? Gee, and so that's where those prices go higher okay. and higher. It's not just, you know, well, I've got a son of, you know, Smart Chickalina. Well, yeah, I mean, so did there was a whole bunch of those. You know, there was like a hundred each year plus each year. So what do you do to crop offs that you think will turn out and they don't? Don't have they don't have the heart to do it. Well but do you find that much in rainy? Yeah, I mean, well, um I think the bigger trick is finding out what they do want to do, right? And what's gonna fit them the best. People will always ask for um well, you know, when, let me know when you get one of those Rainer rejects. And I, when you get a Rainer reject, I want one of those because I'm going to go rope on it. Oh. And, and I always went, like, why would you want a reject? reject? I mean, like, why would you want the one that wasn't good? You know? Well, it's probably not as raining, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it just depends. Well, if yeah, it was good true. and if you want him to be a top, you know, rope horse, well, then he probably ought to be the athlete that a Rainer is, That's the true. mentality that a Rainer is. You're going to get less than, right? Mm. Now, you're doing it because the training was there and it was a better training and probably took the horse better or further along than what most would. Um, and maybe had a better stop or whatever else, but something that I would look for is like, maybe, maybe it wasn't the best lead changer, right. Or he right. wasn't. So maybe not quite as good a mover or whatever that I would look for in the raining. Um, or he just, you know, little things that I got to have in the rain and he was a good stopper, but he didn't spin really right. fast. He wasn't really important. Chest was a little narrow, hmm. just didn't turn around as fast or whatever else. Didn't and and, and, the, and if I was gonna make, I'd have to have him spin at you know this level, but we don't need that in roping. Well, then that not necessarily it's a reject. It's just not quality enough, right? Well, then at that call, not that quality enough that it's gonna bring that kind of money or win that kind of money or do those that well. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it really was not could have been a great youth horse because yeah. he's good minded and yeah. take care of a kid and it's a great stepping stone and if you do have all of those things but he's not the fastest spinner i still want that in my barn because i gotta ride it every day and the last thing i want to ride is a mule every day yes i yes. want to ride that horse that i like going out there now if i realize that he's limited in certain areas well i'm not going to go crash on him to do it mm-hmm. i already found out he doesn't have that but i'm going to take what he is good at and that's where i'm going to answer Right. Okay. And it doesn't mean that he's cheaper mm-hmm. because the one that was a great athlete, your daughter couldn't ride anyhow. 
right? Because yeah. he's too much horse. You couldn't yeah. hold it together. You'd fry his brain, right? But this one is so sweet and gentle. It's going to take care of your kid. You can run down there. The thing's going to drag its butt. Your kid's going to be able to go out <laughs> and feel good about it, be competitive. Yeah. Like, there's a value in that. You're mm. building up. You know, a lot of times when you're investing in that horse, right. you're really not investing in the horse. You're really investing into your kid, right? You mm. you really are. You're, you create the opportunity that your kid gets to find how, because if I buy that great horse and I stick it on, they in 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 western pleasure something like that i can buy that great one if my kid knows how to sit up there well enough you know they can win but they don't have to work the extra yeah. raining you gotta learn how to ride there's no way around it you're not gonna be you able to, to your kid's yeah. not gonna be able to go out there and just like whack go well he's a good rider and he's gonna do it. no you like you gotta learn how to ride in order to do it so no matter how good it is it's a great education but I still have to put the time the effort the yeah, work into it right and they and they'll get rewarded incrementally and then you know what gets me to talk I hear what you're saying, but in in the business I'm in, mm -hmm. the hobby or entertainment, I find people buy these high dollar horses, but don't want to put the time in to learn how to ride. They think they're gonna go and compete and work out. So I don't, I don't understand that mindset. Yeah, I um. That's a hard mindset to deal with. It is. I, I the, probably one of the most difficult ones that, um, and and we've kind of, um, as a society, sold people on the idea of bill of goods that you know, this instant gratification. Yes. Yeah. Um. And you know, what is a joy for a horse trainer, right? Is and why I'm really in, I'm gonna have fun this year showing this. You should. Yeah. And you know the reason why. Hmm. The owner is one of uh, has been a she's been a client of mine for God, eight years. She's had a horse in training in my barn for eight years. Good kid. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. And she is someone that I genuinely really like. Yeah. She's somebody that I Good really place. enjoy having around and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's doing it for the right reason. It's not because she has to. She's going to be doing it next month. She's yeah. going to be doing it next year. It's what mm. she finds her joy yes. in. It's what she enjoys with people. She wants to be at the shows with all of her friends yes. and stuff. And her health is not you know, where she can ride right. like she used to. Mm -hmm. But she still has that fun, that friendship, those yes. people. And this is her chance to be there and go. And it's like, man, I want nothing more than to smoke it on this horse just because Fantastic. it's my friend, right? And it's it's yeah. for the right reason. Yeah, and it's like it, so that is to like the mm. whole next level. Like that's not only is it great fun to go and show, but mm -hmm. to show for that kind of person, you know, wow. to show for that kind of reason, it's gonna be fun. See, right? that that makes a difference. Yeah, it does, and it does for the mm. purpose. It does on my training mm. too. That's what I've noticed. Right? Is that it is it is it is. But the, the athlete that you haven't had a long time to oh, work yeah. with. Yeah. And see them blossom or, or as you go along preparing for this and why y'all becoming more in sync and becoming one. That's got to be the most oh, rewarding. Cool. Yes. It, it just, I mean, when you got some, out of all the horses I've had, I finally got me two that they're always ready to go because they love what they do. Yeah. No matter when, I, I may be off them all week, and but Oh my God! And isn't it the but the, like those are the ones you the first ones you want to ride? Right? Yes, That's I can't it. wait to get yes. to him. Uh, we been, uh, and when you go to show, when you're going to show and compete, like we want to win. 
That's exactly right. I, I know, I know. We want to, but at the same time, we also don't go out there to show like it's your last time or like that this is the only one that counts. No. It's just another time. You're going to be back the next couple of weeks. That's, you're going to be back out there again. That's right? exactly right. And and that I think is something really important for for those people that are wanting that instant gratification to understand behind the horseman is that it's not that I don't want to win. Good Lord, you couldn't pay me to lose. You can't pay me right, right, to lose. Right. If you gave me the same purse that the first place won right. to pull it and not win, right. like, if I think I've got it, I'm going. Right, you ain't right. pulling me out of it. They're like, screw that. I'll take 10th place. Yeah, but I want to run. Yeah, right? I want to run. I want to ride. Yeah. And true. whenever I go to show, I'm going to show because it is my opportunity to get a outside view mm. of where I'm at. Yeah. Right. It's another evaluation of have I stepped up and have I now? I'm or what do you need to do to improve? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm always going to take that because yeah. I want to go to the next level every single time. Yeah. But the the but it's doing it for the right reason when you go in there, and it's not because if um oh my god it can be so hard sometimes in this industry. I have gone into the fraternity pen and hours before i get ready to go in right have the owner walk up and go okay they're so excited and they're all like ah. and i'm like you know leave me alone go away right and um and go okay so um we just want to tell you that um you know we really appreciate all this and we really enjoyed it and whatever else but um but my my husband has an idea of what you should score oh and, no oh and, no um and if you and if we don't then we're we're probably gonna take him home after this. Like I've I've been told that hours before I go to show. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's where you know you you see that or you feel that, and you're like, here's the range you show it. Yeah. Like, like you couldn't. There's a no win situation on this. No Even to the point as a competitor, if I, I've had yeah, people I still hate it. I'm telling yeah. you, even as a competitor, Todd, I'll be sitting there. You know, my mind just, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at the cattle. I'm looking at the people and how they just, even they're warming up their horses. I'm looking, all this is going in here. Mm -hmm. And then I have somebody right up, right up next to me and say, why aren't you smiling? I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking, thank you. Is it okay? I'm just thinking. That's why aren't you? Did you say something funny? I I, I get that sometimes, and I'm like, oh god, I yeah. have no clues. Smile on the podium. Yes, I'll hold that for later. <laughs> but it is that's it's one it's the mental part of the competition is one of the biggest obstacles. It's one. Of, it is. Yeah, it is, and and it's and it's kind of even brought to another level whenever you introduce a horse, a thinking, breathing animal that you're on that reads the way that you feel right and i and 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 that's one of the things that is so big i think that people don't get is that you being able to control that you that's not something you're just going to fall into i mean it's something that you have to practice too, you're darn right right where it come instinctively that you're not thinking because if you're thinking one second about that and you're out there mm -hmm. you you're too late. far behind already you're, too, you're already you're late, late. You're already late, and I try to, I try to tell people you need to ride enough, breed a cattle where it become instinctively. Oh, it has to be the game day. Um, you know, I think that's something that, um, 
it's I think training horses and doing anything, you know, as far as a competitor and stuff, um, that uh, that's an aspect of competition that is from coaches to competitors, right. all alike, um, is is often overlooked and and not understood that well is the the mental aspect of competition. Yeah, but I think it's because people didn't explain it. Mm, I think. I mean, and and you beginning to, with your show, express those differences because I know I was looking for something that I can still get that adrenaline, that competitive edge, like I when I played ball. That would I tried playing racquetball. I did that with you know basketball afterwards. Uh, (laughs) I tried to play softball. All this, and when I got to horses, there was a good friend of mine named Sean that would play for the Washington Redskins. And we was at a show in Albuquerque, a horse show. And, and I shunned. Uh, did you find that edge when you got in the horses? No, yeah, I found something else. I'm like, what's that? Explosives. I blow up billet. I'm like, oh, no, 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 not that. <laughs> he, he, he said explosive. I'm like, oh, no. Horses thing is enough for me. Well, you know, something that I have uh, thought was kind of crazy is that. Um, and, and I modeled this in my business, right? Was that um, I wanted to be really, really good at training horses, mm-hmm. right? And um, But I also wanted to have some good competitors, right? That I was showing with and stuff. And it takes a certain amount of money in order You're to right. show horses. I mean, there's just no way around it, no right? Doubt. But I always found that the best ones to teach, the best... Um, non-pros to, to work with right in the adult mm-hmm. area was the successful businessman right 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 and there's a reason why because if you were successful in whatever it was you were doing before right. nobody wants to go do the recreation and stuff that's right you want you they understand the process of exactly it. and mm-hmm. you're and they're great because they the more successful they are the more they understand the failure That's to true. get to the success, right? That's true. And so the there's a desire to be successful, but the process is not un- un- misunderstood. Mm-mm. And they understand there's a process. And you're given a little bit more levity with your horses and with yourself and everything else with the ones who have gone through the That's process true. to be successful. Think about football. Oh, yeah. The objective of the sport is... Obviously, the score, right? How many down situation? If somebody did a percentage of it, yeah. we fail more often than we didn't score trying to score, yeah. but we don't quit. We keep going back to the huddle, regrouping. We lose that game. We go back to the huddle and practice to improve, to hope that we can overcompensate the mistakes that we made. We don't ever think of quitting. No. Because you quit, you can't play. Exactly. Okay. No, no so you, you 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 attribute all that what you just said to life. I mean, that's just life skills. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say no to me, but I mean, uh, I'm gonna quit what I'm trying to do. I'll just find another way. Right. Now, maybe not your way, as I mentioned there earlier. So yeah, that's and yes, what you're saying in your business, you have to find successful people that understand your process because y'all do cutting horse people have a process. This have even the sorting. People have a process, but not as as sophisticated as you all sport. 
Well, and it's funny that we go back to that story that you had earlier about the banker that that banker that you finally found. Right. That it wasn't about what the books said. Exactly right. Whatever else. He was investing and he realized he was investing in you. That's it. Right. And that we need to talk to this guy and find out who he is. That's right. Because that's in, inevitably that's who I'm investing into. Right. And um But that's why that's I, I kinda thing. asked you uh earlier, how did you survive? I and mean, you kept finding people that believed in you. Mm-hmm. Because you this tough as it's tough business. It's almost tougher than restaurant business. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that um I think the what the reason why people would, would invest into me was because um I I've never I've always I've always worn my emotions on my sleeve. Right. I've I've always I, it's not hard to figure out who I am. And, and that doesn't mean you're gonna like me. Right, right. Right. I mean there's some there's I don't know how they don't like me, <laughs> but there has been one yeah. or two that yeah. haven't liked me, and and they know, and that's all right. You right. know, I, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And, and you in good company. Yeah. They didn't like Jesus Christ either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, and, and that's that's okay. You don't have to like me, mm-hmm. right? Um, but and and I don't. I like myself in spite of you not liking me. Exactly. That's, that's what comes. But um, but I just. I don't know. I just find that really intriguing that, you know, um, that those kind of people, you know, gravitate to the same, same person that they see, they want to invest in that same guy that I, I didn't have a win at the time. I just mm-hmm. started out. I had a crazy story that I'd started out and I took my first <laughs> writing lesson at 21. Like, right. I wasn't supposed to be doing this. Right, right. Right. But they saw the fire and the desire in yeah. me. And and those people that had seen success and had gone through success, they, they yeah, they, they saw it in me. And they're like, okay, well, so I want to invest in that kid. You can see it. Yeah. When you see, it's like, I can tell. I watch sports. I don't go to arenas. I watch it on television. I'm looking for I can tell by where a guy walks on a court or a field, a football field, if he's ready and mentally ready for that game. I can tell a lot of times uh, what kind of athlete he may be before he make a step. I was in uh, in Texas Stadium several years ago, and Oklahoma is always known to have great running backs. That year they didn't. And Texas always was a very big time competitor. And a friend of mine coached there at one time. And we sit in the stands, and all of a sudden, the second quarter, I see this number 22 come from the sideline. I said, Who's the big kid going to the huddle? At that time, he says, Marcus Dupree. I said, Dang. First place time they gave him the ball, first play right up the middle, he goes 22 yards up the middle. I'm like, oh my God. The second play, they pitched to him to the right, left. He goes down the sideline 60 yards. Nobody touches him. Wow. You know, if you played the sports like you, I asked you earlier about the horses, how do you look for the confirmation or the breeding? And he says, combination of it. That's what I'm looking at athletes. Mm-hmm. I think of. And it's hard to put a word to it. It is. It, it really is. You just know. I mean, it's hard for me to explain that. And, you know, when people ask me about confirmation on a horse, right? So what's good confirmation on a horse? And you have the whole adage of, you know, like, well, it's got to be short cannon bone and short back, blah, 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 blah. In reference to what? 
short is short or <laughs> long is short? Like, what is it? What athlete are you looking at? I mean, what I'm looking at for a hundred yard dash is not the same thing for the you know, for the for the marathon. Line. No, it's not. It ain't even close. There's right? there's, there's there's not too many sea biscuits out of you. No, so. no, exactly. <laughs> and and so when I go to look at those things, you know, it's the same thing as looking that, and it's hard to put into words. Yes. You have to see that. When I say short cannon bone, if I have seen 50 horses and you have seen 5,000, you have a better point of reference yes. than what I do as to mm -hmm. what short cannon bone is right. or in relationship to the rest of the body and whatever mm -hmm. else. And when you've seen more competitors at a high level, it jumps out at you, right? Yeah. And that's where when we're picking, right? Right. And when a when a top level competitor, the more that he's seen of the top level and has ridden and has been acquainted with the top level horse, mm -hmm. the easier it is to pick it out. It is. And that was when what would really I think help me the most out was that my first foray into a really good horse was a derby horse. Mm. Because it was one that had been picked out and gone through the vetted process by a top competitor hmm. and put through the training. And and he didn't make, he wasn't that level because he didn't make his top string, right? But he was a higher level than I had ever like seen Like a before. dog bar? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I had got, then I got the opportunity to ride that one wow. behind him that I got to feel what he felt right. and I didn't like the same things he didn't like, mm. but I I got an opportunity to move my level up. And then now I was in amongst groups wow. that had that quality. Now what I was looking at what somebody else had, I was seeing not just because I wanted what his horse was. Right. I saw the quality in what he was picking versus what I was picking. Yes. Right. And, mm. and that's, but it was an education, yeah. right? It was a knowledge. And now it's like, well, you, you know, are you scared to pick? No, I, I'm now I'm so much more picky because yes. I know I don't want that. Right. You know, exactly. I, no. because that makes my job so much harder. Mm. But, um, but yeah, that, that was, that's a big part of it is being able to see and you see mm -hmm. that in that young man where you're at that time, yeah. you know, that you go like, whoa, no. So that's a standout. That's right? exactly right. You, yeah. You just know it. And that's when you have clients who will invest into that, mm -hmm. right? When they are, when those clients who didn't know, they didn't know one end of the horse from the other, really, <laughs> you know, and where they're at, but they knew what they're investing in, not the horse, yeah. they were investing in me, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And they saw in me what they Which saw in themselves yeah. at an earlier age and what the, you know, mm -hmm. and they've been around those kind of people that have the desire to, to aim for that. Mm. They just didn't weren't wasn't the kid wasn't gonna quit on us. You know, the kid wasn't like I'm and the first one, oh man, I bought that horse. $115,000, hmm. what that horse was paid for, right? And I took him out and I took him to the first show. I'll tell you the whole crazy story. Hmm. <laughs> but um I run him in the derby. I only had him five days. Gee whiz. I ran him in the derby. And I fell on my face. Get out. Uh, I scored a 210, which is nothing. I, 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 it was a thanks for the entry and we'll see you in that show on a horse that was expensive. And, you know, everybody knew, everybody in the industry knew what I'd spent on it. You know, everybody. And I but just, you didn't have enough time with it. What made you think you could show him in five? Well, the entry was already paid for when we bought it. 
So we're like, well, why not? Right? And oh. why not? I'll tell you why not. <laughs> now, wow. Right? And But at the time, I'm like, watch this. Well, I make him do it. Man, walking back to the stalls after that. It's probably a good thing I didn't have a pocket knife. I like that guy. I was slipped my wrist right wow. there. Wow. I was so just distraught, right, That's with what I done. And this is where I think it made the big, this is where you lose your client to the other competitor who has more experience and has done more and has proven, right? Yeah. And that owner came to the stalls. And, you know, after, you know, I'm sure, you know, he got an earful from the missus about how mm. you know that was the wrong place to be doing and whatever else. Who knows? But he came to the stalls and he was, you know, you could tell. I mean, he was upset. He'd spent that money too. Yeah, right? Right. I mean, he was and he was a part of the deal. And he didn't understand why and whatever else, why I didn't mm. or what happened. And there was a whole crazy story behind what happened. Hmm. But um he looked at me and he says, Well, you know, what now? And I said, Well. You know, you have every right. There's top trainers in the, every barn in here. This is the top best in the world mm. in the Derby. They're all here. And I said, you have every right to like go find somebody else to mm. go and do it. And I said, you know, and, and you've got a great horse. I found you a great horse, you know. Um, but there is no one in this barn or in this country for that fact that has more vested in this than I do. Hmm. And no one will work as hard as I will to get to where I should be right now. Hmm. You can do that and you can take him somewhere else, but nobody else bought him. Nobody else staked their business on it, staked their reputation or anything like that. Hmm. I did. And you won't find anybody that will work harder than me to make that right. Hmm. And I said, that's all I can give you right now. Right. And he goes, all right, well, let's go to the next show. That's right. Spoke the truth. I said, you know, it may take me a bit, but give me six months. Give me six months on this horse and I will, there's no one that will not work harder than me to find Mm. out how to get him shown to the best of his ability. Mm. So he gave me six months. That was July. Gave me six months. The next year, I won everything. I won everything that I was in my 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 category that I could. I won. I was reserve champion in mm. level one in the mm. uh, in the Derby the next year. Right. I um I won every local TRHA mm. reigning that there was. I won the North American Affiliate Championship on him. I won the regional affiliate championship on him. I want saddles and buckles. I had buckles coming out my ears. Yeah, I know. You know, and I, I did, but it was, it was that, and it was the, you know, like I could have, I could have blamed. There's a whole, you know, crazy story about what, where, how it happened, what, <laughs> what I went through mentally and everything right. else. Now I could have blamed. There's plenty of people blame. There's plenty mm-hmm. of things that I could have blamed it on, right? And blame it on anybody. No, because you won. Had to look to yourself. How do I improve from well, this at, embarrassing situation? Well, and it's at that point where I decide. So who's going to fix it, right? That's or right. what am I made of? That's right? exactly so right. Where am I going to go from here? I'm going to get excuses and hope he buys me another one or do whatever else. Like, mm-hmm. I, like no, 
here it is, man. That's right. This is where it, this is where it, you had that opportunity and you mm-hmm. took advantage of it. Yeah. No, man, I understand. And I think that's part of the thinking quick. <laughs> Sometimes we got to do that. <laughs> Think on our feet quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, my poor wife is sitting there looking at me like, "What in the heck?" I'm like, "What have you gotten us into? This is our livelihood." I'm sure yeah. she's oh, had many god. moments like oh, that. Oh my god, I've made that woman worry so much. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> but she's a stick to it. Oh, I can she's tell. a good one. She's she's the same thing. She's invested into prospects at the same right. time as mm-hmm. me. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.